for Mother Earth. Für Mutter Erde. Pela Mãe Terra. Heard around the world. Welcome to the Rock Talk Podcast with your host, Dave Stein. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening here. We have a special guest today, Sudhir Murthy. He is a world water expert over here talking to, going to be discussing with us about some of the water innovations, especially with wastewater treatment. I'd like to introduce him here today. Hey, Sudhir, how are you doing today? I'm very good. Thank you. How about you? I'm doing great. It's beautiful weather out here today. It's, it's, it certainly would is. You like to give us a, would you like to give us a, a little quick background of, of what you've done and kind of where you've been with this industry? Well, uh, uh, I've been uh, in, in, this, uh, in, in the water sector for about, uh, I would say, 30 years now. Um, I, I started my, uh, really, my, my career in the water sector and I did my master's in, uh, and then later on PhD at uh, Virginia Tech. Um, and, then, and then I uh, really worked in the consulting sector for about six and a half years uh, at two different uh, uh, consulting firms, Parsons uh, and, uh, and uh, CH2M Hill, and now they're called Jacobs. And, uh, and then after that, I worked at uh, DC Water for 16 years until last May. May of 2018, and then uh, I decided uh, that I'm going to uh, take a turn and uh, and 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 try something on my own. So I'm uh, I'm more or less right now an entrepreneur and trying to uh, uh, you know uh, create create new commercial approaches uh, in the water sector. Okay, that's very awesome. I got to say, let's go Hokies. I went to Radford, so a lot of my friends went to Tech. So, you know, I'm a big, big Hokies fan as well. Great. Thank you. So you went to, I like that you've worked at the DC Water. And I know you've been kind of talking about some more of the, of the steps to innovation in the water industry. And I just kind of wanted to touch, I know you had put out some papers on that. And I just wanted to touch on what are exactly the steps that people should understand that it takes to create innovation in the water sector. I know a lot of people sort of may not understand the entire process or kind of what it takes to get water treatment or water quality to where yeah. it should. So, you, you know, uh, uh, a lot of people uh, talk, uh, talk about water sector and how slow it is to innovate. And, um, and, 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 and usually what I do is I uh, try to understand better uh, what are the, uh, the inner workings and the fundamentals associated with innovation. And, um, and, 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 and this, I, I try to do that uh, more from, from my own uh, understanding, but then to try and maybe help others uh, understand it better. And, and if you look at the water sector uh, and you go to a, 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 a treatment plant or, or, or something in the water sector, you, you'll find that no two treatment plants look alike. Uh, they're all quite different, but they're also in some ways similar. And so... What, what, why are some, why are they different and why are they the same? Uh, and, and what are, what are really uh, driving these differences and similarities? And so uh, what I, what I did was I kind of, uh, um, to make it easy uh, to people understand, uh, I, 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 I like to think laterally. And, uh, and so my, my lateral thinking uh, really came up with three different animals. Um, I call them the hare, the horse, and the elephant. And um, uh, the, the hare is uh, an animal that, as most people know, lives for about five years and and uh, and and matures. And its gestation period is very short, uh, maybe maybe less less than uh, six months, perhaps uh, maybe a year. Uh, and then there's a horse uh, which lives perhaps for twenty years, and uh, and its gestation period is uh, somewhere in the middle, maybe a couple of years. And uh, and then there's the elephant uh, that uh, that lives maybe for 80 years, and uh, and its gestation period is uh, in in the you know maybe 10 to 15 years time frame, and uh, and so I, I think of uh, uh, the different technologies uh, in the water sector as those three different animals. Um, we have uh, these uh, these really what I would call them concrete infrastructure, the traditional concrete and. Uh, and, and really buried infrastructure even 
that uh, that that lasts for a long time because concrete doesn't go bad that easily. Uh, um, and uh, and so those are what I typically call the the long lived uh, you know elephants of the water sector. You know they last for eighty years, um, and 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 they don't go obsolete uh, that quickly. Um, and uh, and and so. So they have a different different life cycle of their own. Uh, you can imagine uh, the aqueducts uh, that were built um, during the Roman Greek times. Um, those aqueducts uh, lasted maybe even even about a thousand years, right? And so, so those are really long lived infrastructure. And uh, and then um, and then uh, uh, you know you have the age of the machines, right? And and uh, and and those are. Uh, Equipment, uh, you know, whether it's hydraulically driven or mechanically driven or or thermally driven, uh, they they last for uh, about twenty years usually, uh, maybe give or take, and so I call them the horses, and uh, and 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 really uh, a lot of the patent laws are built around the horses because if you think of patents, uh, they last for twenty years, and uh, and so so if if you think of uh, what we call the industrial revolution, they were built around the horses. Um, uh, lasting twenty years, and uh, and, uh, and and then they go obsolete, and and so so you can think of the cycle there, and and then uh, more recently, uh, with uh, with the intelligent uh, systems that are there, uh, you know you can think of the iPhone, uh, and and you and and those are the same things in the water sector. You have sensors and controls and and all of that uh, in the water sector uh, for you know detecting and controlling uh, different processes uh, for maintaining different equipment um, and so uh, those i call them the hairs um, uh, they go obsolete uh, maybe in, in 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 a 5 year time time frame uh, while um, while on the other hand uh, uh, their gestation periods are very short and and of course uh, um, uh, you know, within the water sector, uh, we don't know how to procure hairs. Uh, so we sometimes procure hairs like we procure horses. We install hairs like we install elephants, and uh, and so so there's a little bit of confusion on uh, obsolescence rates and how 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 do we actually manage the procurement of these different uh, uh, different technologies, and uh, and also on the supply side, uh, no no hair wants to call call himself a hair. Uh, or herself a hare, uh, they would like to be an elephant. Um, and so they mask themselves as elephants. Um, you know, uh, a, a, a good example is the uh, AMR system uh, for, uh, for, for water meter reading. And uh, uh, what, what went obsolete first was with the hare. Uh, you know, the, the reading uh, the water meter using a radio. And, uh, and, 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 and now you can read the uh, water meter wirelessly. And, and it was the hare that went obsolete, uh, and not the horse or the elephant. And so, um, do do uh, how, how do I uh, how do I manage? Um, and and usually these uh, these hares are coupled with a horse. And uh, and and so, do I actually replace the entire hare and horse, um, the meter itself, along with the uh, the the portion, the radio radio system that went obsolete, or or do I uh, do I actually start thinking about how we install infrastructure in the water sector. Do we install it in horizontals? Do we install uh, the elephants uh, and, 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 and we can replace the horses, uh, um, you know, the machines and the, and the hares uh, interchangeably in different time cycles? Uh, and so how do we procure it? And then how do we create the standards uh, associated with uh, managing these different technologies? Um, and, and and so th that's a, that's a thought process that needs to take place regardless of whether you're buying something or you're inventing something all right that was very informational i appreciate that so what would uh, would be some of the steps that that are going to lead us to innovation in the water sector and what's the most important part of these steps that you think i know you that everything does not happen by one person is is having a collaborative team effort one of the more driving factors that's going to create change in the water sector Yeah, so uh, 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 there are two areas there. Uh, one, one is uh, really uh, uh, where where does uh, one want to go? Uh, uh, typically, uh, and you know, uh, historically, uh, 
there's this been this perception and and maybe a reality that uh, there's a supply side of the of 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 of, of uh, a sector and a demand side of a sector uh, you know uh, for example in um, uh, Boeing and Airbus could be the supply side of aircraft and uh, United Airlines could be the demand side of buying an aircraft right and uh, or American Airlines for that matter uh, and so so uh, there's the same thing in the water sector the utilities usually are on the demand side and uh, and there are lots of uh, different manufacturing companies on the supply side and uh, and, and and that's uh, been very normal uh, and 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 it's still uh, how things work today uh, but 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 if you really want to uh, speed up the gestation periods associated with uh, with with uh, with new technologies, uh, the lag time, um, it's, it's sometimes useful to actually uh, work uh, with the supply and demand side uh, together, right? And uh, and and do it do it jointly, and uh, and then you can speed things up. Uh, you have to create the right incentive processes. Uh, you know, it's a uh, we are humans are are are, are uh, very uh, you know uh, subject to uh, behavioral uh, uh, tools, uh, behavioral approaches, uh, uh, and and so if we create the right uh, environment for for uh, for people to innovate jointly, then uh, then then actually you can speed things up, and so so the open innovation process really is is really what I would say is to to uh, find ways and tools and uh, and and uh, and and find ways and tools to speed up the innovation process and um, and, and 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 to do good and um, and so uh, how how do you actually go about uh, doing that uh, a lot of it uh, people think of open innovation as uh, writing a good contract uh, but but but. That is, I, I think, uh, uh, the element that probably distracts from the open innovation process. Uh, uh, but most, most, most important for open innovation is how to create um, uh, trust uh, amongst people and, uh, and 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 to work as a team, and uh, and and so to build build those uh, uh, trust and team efforts uh, really takes takes uh, takes a lot of time. And, and and a different mindset and so that's that's something that uh, I did a lot at uh, when I was at DC water was to uh, create those frameworks of cooperation uh, amongst different groups okay that's exactly yeah. where I was hoping we could touch on next with some of your time at DC water I know you had quite an impressive career there and myself being one of the people that benefits from any of the innovation that DC water has uh, so I know we were uh, discussing a little bit before this about some of the things you had done. And one of the topics that I think struck me that was very impressive was the use of energy neutral wastewater treatment. Now, is this something that you worked on and you developed at DC Water? So it, it's a combination of uh, things. Um, I still work on it right now. Um, the, the whole notion there is uh, uh, over... Uh, over the past uh, say hundred years of uh, wastewater treatment, as we call it uh, uh, today, people also call it water reclamation. Uh, um, in in the past hundred years, uh, uh, the the whole concept of how uh, one built and managed uh, the treatment process was was really revol- revolving around. Um, uh, uh, doing that exactly what it said treatment, and uh, and so you remove the pollutant uh, and 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 put clean water uh, and into into a river or, or a lake, which is which is great. Uh, but but often uh, uh, when we put put a, uh, a series of steps together, um, the, the 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 steps did not work uh, together in a what I would call it a virtuous cycle. Uh, in fact. Uh, 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 the way things often worked was uh, was was uh, was was these these steps uh, really uh, worked against each other, and and you ended up needing a lot of energy uh, for treatment, and also a lot of space. Uh, it it wasn't uh, space efficient, 
uh, and it wasn't even energy efficient. And so there were these uh, large treatment plants being built that weren't very space and energy efficient. And you can think of this, uh, most uh, wastewater treatment plants uh, uh, may have started off being in 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 uh, in in urban urban sectors in, in not not so very nice locations, uh, but but they were always next to a river or a lake because that's where we would discharge uh, water, and over you know 50, 50 year time frame, uh, most of these wastewater plants are are actually in the best location because you know people want to build their houses or recreation around lakes and rivers and and there you have a wastewater treatment plant consuming a huge amount of land and uh, and and not very efficient and so how do you actually design in the future um, uh, different types of wastewater treatment or water reclamation facilities that are a little bit more efficient in terms of how much space they need uh, but also uh, how, how much how much resources are used because uh, with, with with the changing climate, uh, we, we certainly want to make sure that we are using less resources for for doing a treatment, and so uh, so that's that's really the uh, the basis for uh, why one would uh, think of uh, energy neutral processes. The the other uh, basis is uh, just to give you a context. If 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 you think of the world today, um, uh, about a billion people have access to a reasonable amount of wastewater treatment. But but uh, but I would posit that in uh, the next uh, two, maybe next two decades, or maybe even within the uh, next decade, another uh, two to three billion people will have access to uh, reasonable wastewater treatment. And so so in this next decade, uh, and I, I call uh, I I have called this the golden age of water. Uh, in the next two decades, uh, uh, really we are going to have maybe quadrupling of the of the infrastructure that's there today and uh, and so uh, so if, if we are going to quadruple it uh, how do we do how, how do we learn from what we've done in the past and what do we actually uh, look to do in the future so uh, so so if you, if you if you typically look at uh, uh, you know what you do in the water sector uh, wastewater treatment uh, base, basically uh, you uh, you uh, you manage the water itself. So water is itself a resource, um, and how you manage that resource is, is important. Uh, but but then within uh, within the uh, within the wastewater within the sewage, uh, you have basically three different elements: carbon, nitrogen, and phosphorus. And uh, and these three elements are uh, you know usually. Uh, in, in the ratios of 100 to 10 is to 1. So for every 100 parts of carbon, uh, you know, ballpark, uh, you have 10 parts of nitrogen and then one part of phosphorus. And these are nutrients. And, uh, and, and so they impact the water in the same ratio. So, uh, so sometimes one part of phosphorus is as bad as 100 parts of carbon. So because, because that's the eutrophication that occurs in the lake and river. And so, how do you manage these uh, become important? And uh, and 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 really, uh, today uh, the hot topic is how do you manage these three cycles: the carbon cycle in the plant, the nitrogen cycle within the plant, and the phosphorus cycle in in a much more sustainable manner. Uh, but but at the same time, uh, do it in a very compact plant. Uh, so uh, so how, uh, how how do you drive convergences between intensification? Of treatment, uh, doing it in a compact uh, plant, but also uh, uh, doing it in a much more resource-efficient and sustainable manner. And uh, and, and and to do that, uh, uh, really, it's 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 to work within those three different cycles and and managing the cycles in uh, by by using as little energy. I'll give you an example of carbon. Um, uh, when when we manage carbon. Uh, Carbon has in, in, in sewage is, is usually reduced carbon. Uh, so there, there could be, say, for example, fats and proteins in, in, in the sewage uh, that come from uh, human waste. And, uh, and, 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 and these, these reduced carbon are, have a lot of calories, right? Uh, because that's what we consume. And so there's, there's a lot of calories in, in, in the wastewater. And, and most wastewater treatment plants uh, 
they add energy in terms of oxygen, huge amounts of energy in terms of oxygen uh, to remove energy from the, uh, from the chemical. So, so we add uh, electrical energy uh, using these large blowers uh, to destroy chemical energy. So it's, it's, it's actually becomes a double negative. So, so you, uh, so, um, uh, so how, how do you actually change things around and use as little electrical energy possible and then send the chemical energy uh, to make methane gas and then to drive engines, for example. And so, so, so the carbon balance is really about redirecting carbon to energy producing processes rather than uh, uh, destroying that energy using electrical energy and air. Uh, and so, so if, if you look at most of the wastewater plants in the uh, United States, uh, it's, it's this uh, double negative that's happening there where uh, a lot of electrical energy is used to destroy chemical energy. And, and how do you actually uh, change things around? And so uh, we have start, we've started looking at developing you know, new technologies. Uh, we call it carbon redirection technologies where we, we redirect as much carbon as possible to anaerobic digestion. And, and then only send the amount of carbon that's needed uh, downstream to other treatment processes. And, um, and, and so, so manage that, uh, uh, you, you really need to work, uh, work with the different types of carbon in the wastewater. You have uh, what we call particulate carbon, we have colloidal carbon, and we have soluble carbon. And how do you actually manage those three different uh, types of carbon uh, and, 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 and do a good job of it? Uh, the, the same thing with nitrogen. Um, nitrogen, uh, the, the reduced nitrogen compound is ammonia. It's got energy in it. Uh, anything has got hydrogen uh, bonds. It, it usually means it has uh, has energy and calories associated with it. And so, uh, so you can use the energy in ammonia uh, uh, rather than destroy the energy in ammonia using oxygen. So right now, uh, most of the treatment processes destroy the energy in ammonia using oxygen. And, and the question is, how do you actually do a better job of managing the energy in ammonia? Uh, and, 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 uh, and, 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 and can we actually use the energy in ammonia um, uh, by recovering it directly? Or uh, on, on the other hand, it, uh, to perhaps use different types of bacteria. Uh, in this case, uh, you could use an anamox organism or a shortcut nitrogen process to, uh, to manage that energy in uh, nitrogen. And then finally, phosphorus. Um, there's, uh, there's lots of really interesting research being done in phosphorus, especially uh, the whole concept of what people are today calling aerobic granular sludge. And so, how do you how do you create really compact plants uh, using uh, the concept of aerobic granular sludge uh, that has a has basically a central core that contains um, the, these uh, phosphorus removing organisms of the granule and uh, and, and, and then uh, and then work work within the context of these organisms uh, and the morphologies of these organisms to actually uh, uh, build very compact plants but then the phosphorus can be recovered uh, as true white or, or as brushite or as hydroxyapatite uh, for agriculture and so so you can you recover the phosphorus uh, uh, and, 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 and and how do you go about, First, removing it from the wastewater and then recovering it, um, and so 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 you have the carbon cycle, nitrogen cycle, and phosphorus cycle happening in that in the plant. And how do you actually do a good job of uh, recovering these three uh, elements, either or or using it in a good way? In the case of carbon, maybe uh, you can uh, create natural gas and pipe it, or or you can burn the methane and 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 produce electricity. In the in the case of nitrogen, how do you actually do a better job of managing it? rather than uh, add a lot of air to convert uh, ammonia to nitrate and then uh, then then you need a lot of carbon to convert nitrate to nitrogen gas uh, and then in phosphorus uh, what, what, what do you do in terms of uh, growing the right bacteria and the right morphology to remove uh, the phosphorus and then to recover it so that's that's the essence of energy neutral wastewater treatment uh, is, is to build compact facilities um, and, 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 and I'll give you a sense, uh, when, when you remove carbon early and redirect that carbon to, say, anaerobic digestion, the downstream uh, processes that you typically 
oxidized carbon becomes much smaller. And uh, because the inventory of carbon going to those processes are, are less, and so now you need a smaller, smaller process. And so, uh, so actually, these the, it's it, you create a virtuous, uh, virtuous plant uh, from a perspective of it's it's a while at the same time it actually becomes energy neutral. Okay, yeah, that's very interesting. I'm uh, curious to understand a little bit more about this and where are we at with with DC water and their ability to kind of start to utilize a plant in a more efficient manner. And, and I also want to tail onto that question with. Is this technology something that you think if implemented in maybe these developing countries would be able to get them off to a much better start a lot quicker now with this knowledge and creating a more compact, more efficient facility to have them process their water and allow the more developing communities to have better access to treated water? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I, I really think it is It is in many ways a, uh, an approach to leapfrog. You know, uh, in the first part of our conversation, I, I talked about the elephants, right? When, when you build the, build infrastructure to last for 100 years, it's really too difficult to suddenly say, okay, I'm going to break it up and, and change it and uh, and, and do, do, do things differently. So um, a, a lot of what we've been trying to develop as inventions, one is to how do you actually use the same infrastructure uh, to, to do, do something different? Uh, and, 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 and second, uh, uh, how, how, how would one leapfrog, um, especially in, in, in emerging markets, uh, how, how would one leapfrog and, and act, actually do, do things differently? Um, and, 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 and a, a, a lot of this leapfrogging is really managing risk. Uh, you know, no one wants to build a hundred year infrastructure by, by saying, oh, I'm just going to leapfrog. Uh, what was done for the previous hundred years, and and do something quite different. It's it's very difficult to have that mindset. So, so how do we create transitional approaches that allow you to do uh, multiple things, uh, and while while at the same time uh, create a reasonable approach for leapfrogging? Give us give an example. There's a a, a tank in most wastewater treatment plants uh, in the United States it's called the primary primary tank, primary sedimentation tank. It's uh, usually a rectangular or a circular tank uh, that uh, has a retention time of about two hours. So, you know, water stays in that for two hours. And and in that two hours, um, particles, uh, you know, particulates, uh, you know, I, I mentioned that water, wastewater contains particulates, colloids, and, and soluble material. The particulates typically uh, are removed, um, uh, you know, uh, with, with about a 60% efficiency uh, in, 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 that, in that primary sedimentation tank. And, uh, and so, so you have that efficiency and, and, and that's the tank. Now, can I actually do something different with the tank? And so we, uh, we have uh, developed a process called the AAA process, for example, and that's something that I've been commercializing where I convert that uh, primary tank uh, I put air, a little bit of air piping at the bottom, and we convert the uh, uh, tank into a biosorption tank. And and what that biosorption tank does is it uh, it, uh, it it removes the soluble material as well as a particulate material, and 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 then sends it to uh, uh, anaerobic digestion. And so now uh, I'm managing my 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 fractions, my carbon fractions, uh, more efficiently uh, by converting. Uh, the primary tank to a biosorption tank, and uh, and 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 to uh, uh, to send less carbon inventory to the downstream process, while at the same time uh, um, send more carbon to a more uh, efficient digestion process to produce more gas and then energy. And so that's one example of of a technology where uh, rather than say I'm going to build something completely different, uh, it is it is quite different. But I use the same infrastructure to to actually make those differences, and and so it it allows for uh, a, a a more seamless transition from an existing infrastructure to a new infrastructure. And so so for plants uh, within the United States that already have that infrastructure, it'll help uh, them them transition. Uh, and then for the uh, you know plants that are not not built yet, uh, it it gives them an approach where they manage risk. Uh, meaning uh, they, they're not doing something completely new, 
because they can always default to an older process or older approach if uh, if they worry that it's not going to work. Uh, but 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 then it's, it it is fundamentally different in terms of how you manage your carbon streams. So that's an example of how to actually work within the within the old and and the new. Okay, nice. So there's a way where we can we can build on what we have already and use that to kind of transition and still upgrade our process and our technology, which is kind of interesting. And I'd like to figure out a way to get some of that spread around the country. I feel like that could be a great benefit to a lot of people. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, so if, if, if you look at a lot of our, our, you know, inventions, um, it's, it's really, uh, about how, how do we uh, make use of our existing infrastructure. And, 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 and really the inventions that have come out are, are really what I'd call it demand side perspectives of, uh, of how to uh, change things without uh, change things fairly fundamentally and, and, and quite radically, uh, but, but, but using some of the same infrastructure that you may have. And so, uh, so, so, uh, so it, it makes it easier or uh, or a utility to manage uh, manage uh, their 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 infrastructure uh, in in a more seamless way. Uh, you know we ha- we have a technology uh, we call it Indense, uh, and and in that technology, uh, I, I mentioned to you aerobic granular sludge before, and so so how do you actually create aerobic granular sludge um, within uh, within within a plant uh, that didn't have it and 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 so the indense concept uh, uses uh, a combination of processes uh, technologies that you can just um, adapt into an existing uh, biological treatment process uh, for example it, it includes a hydrocyclone manifold and, uh, and, 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 and 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 proper zoning and if you do the uh, the zoning and the manifolding uh, then then you can convert it into a much more compact process uh, and, and double the capacity or maybe increase the capacity by 50%, between 50% and doubling the capacity. So uh, while, 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 uh, while doing it uh, in that same infrastructure. Um, so that's, that's, uh, that, those, those are the concepts that we've really been working on. Uh, we've also been working on smart technologies. Uh, how do we use better control approaches using sensors? Um, and, 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 and to drive uh, much more intelligent uh, water systems. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people talk about analytics uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and how do you use artificial intelligence. Uh, artificial intelligence typically use stochastic approaches uh, to drive, uh, drive for answers, get, get your answers. Uh, you could also use deterministic approaches to get your answers. And so, uh, you know, when the, the stochastic approaches are more black box, while the deterministic approaches are, maybe you can call it white box. But, uh, but so, what are the gray box approaches that uh, uh, that could drive 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 us to to our right solution? So that that's something that I've been interested in uh, is how do you blend the right deterministic and stochastic approaches? And so, can can we bring in artificial intelligence while at the same time use uh, some uh, some fundamental knowledge that we have about certain processes and then and then use the ai associated with with those, those that we don't know uh, too much about that was going to be my next question was with all this development and research technology is and especially with the development of ai is that something that you think is going to have a a great impact on the ability to treat water, the ability to manage everything better. If you can have a system that has a in-depth analysis, sort of calculating every second of the water as it's being treated, is that something that you think will will allow us to take treatment to the next level? Yeah. So you know, uh, I, I see AI coming in in, in two different ways. Uh, waves, I, I would say. The first wave of a- AI is really going to be, I believe, in smart maintenance. Um, you know, uh, a, ma- a machine is like a car, you know, in the good old days, uh, uh, uh you, you know, you, you change your oil every three months, right. Or, uh, or, or certain uh, number of miles. And, um, and, and then, uh, uh, some of the cars today will say, um, Hey, uh, uh, you know, it gives you a warning based on some 
some prognostics, and it may just be a time prognostic, but uh, but there may be other prognostics and sensors that say, hey, something is wrong with your car, and uh, and and you need to change, change, do do something different. Uh, oil, and uh, or, or 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 something else. Um, and, 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 and that's the same thing, uh, I would say, in a plant. Uh, you know, we have lots of machines, centrifuges, you name it. And, and if something uh, is, is going, going off kilter, uh, how do you actually drive the right prognostics? So, so uh, it's, it's much more so than just preventive maintenance. It's uh, how do you sensorize the, the, pro, the, te- the, the technologies to actually give the right prognostics? And, and so it's less about operation, but uh, more about or when, when do I go through a certain maintenance cycle associated with a process? Um, and, and I think that's, that's going to, that's already taking place and that, that's going to really revolutionize uh, how we maintain our, our plants. Uh, um, I, you know, I, I think of the five senses that we have as humans, right? Uh, um, the touch, uh, the touch is really a vibration monitor, right? The, the eyes are a camera, um, uh, so, how do we use our five senses? But, but really, uh, um, uh, in the context of a wastewater plant, uh, 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 a sensor for ammonia is much more like taste, right? Uh, and so, so how how, how do you uh, use AI as as we use our five senses, but much more in a seamless way to do those prognostic maintenance? Um, uh, so that's that's going to. Uh, uh, really happen first. Uh, the second uh, wave is going to be more in the operations uh, of, of the plant itself. Uh, uh, I, I, I think that's going to come after only because, uh, you know, the, it's, the diff- there are different time cycles. You know, a, a maintenance of a something is over a time cycle of, say, days, days to months to a year, right? While, uh, while the operation of a plant is has got a time cycle of, of minutes and seconds and hours. And so, so it, it, um, it's a little bit more complicated. And so it'll probably be, be, be the next to adapt rather than the first to adapt. Um, and, uh, and so that's, that, that will take place. Um, um, and, uh, and, 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 you know, that's, that's really what I look forward to in the next, uh, decade or so. Yeah, I think uh, the invention of AI and, and like you're saying, I didn't even ever think about the maintenance factor of how that would come out to play first. And, and after kind of hearing that, I, it kind of makes complete sense that we would sort of want to use that to, to get the maintenance features up. And I definitely can understand that. And you can see that in the car, right? Uh, the maintenance of a car, the prognostics associated with the maintenance of a car came first. And then only recently is a self-driving car coming in. You know, the operation of the car is coming after the prognostics associated with the maintenance, and uh, and uh, and they, they were maybe several decades apart, um, and so 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 I, I maybe it's not going to be several decades apart for uh, for for a treatment plant, but uh, but certainly uh, uh, I think we're going to have a lot of experience associated with and comfort associated with AI uh, with with maintenance uh, before before we actually do a lot more with operations. And then uh, the other thing that I see happening is uh, a, a better, better platforms. Uh, uh, you know, uh, so, so so right now, um, you know, when 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 someone si- tries to sell a utility, some application in smart water, uh, you know, there are something like fifty different applications that that are in the smart water area, and none of them. Uh, talk to each other. They are all, you know, if, if we need to maintain them, uh, we, we, we become captive to the person that's installing that uh, smart water technology. And so how do we actually create these platforms like, you know, the apps on your iPhone, uh, where if, if I'm done with that app, I, I, I get rid of that app and, and put a new app in, right? Uh, so uh, that's, that cannot be done so easily in the water sector anymore because, Every new smart technology that's installed is is almost like de novo, and uh, and 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 you uh, and and you're captive to that person uh, uh, because because it's all verticalized, 
and uh, and 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 so if, if I'm going to spend a million dollars on a smart technology that that might not integrate itself well with other things uh, in the, in other smart technologies, how do how, what do I do differently? And so so what we really need, and 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 I tell you, in the water sector, is much easier than other sectors. Is what we need is good standards. Uh, on how we actually build uh, the smart infrastructure in in the water sector, uh, and and the reason it's easier in the water sector is uh, to a large extent it is a public sector. So our ability to drive standards uh, is 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 uh, does doesn't have the competitive pressures in say for example the energy sector where maybe two energy companies may not talk to each other, uh, two water utilities. Or a bunch of water utilities might easily talk to each other to create the right standards. But but standards in the smart water sector are are quite urgently needed uh, because without those standards, it's hard to actually build the infrastructure uh, that that allows for uh, easy uh, replication, uh, uh, managing uh, managing obsolescence. Uh, you know, all of that uh, becomes easier if, if if you create the standards. Now, what would you say is stopping most water treatment plants from utilizing these new techniques to better manage the energy and create more of an energy neutral process? Is there something that is kind of holding them back, perhaps funding, or maybe is it just lack of knowledge, or is it something that most treatment plants are actively working towards? Um, you know, I, I think uh, it's it's really trying to figure out what 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 is needed. Uh, you know, uh, w- within the United States itself, uh, energy is quite cheap. Uh, well, you know, in a water utility, e- energy may not be the big driver, um, uh, and and it may be labor uh, that 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 is more expensive, or you know, there are different aspects that that contribute to uh, a large part of the operations of a, of a plant. Uh, so, so I, I would really look to understand what what is driving. Uh, driving water utilities. For example, resilience. Uh, you know, the whole concept and notion of resilience uh, is is perhaps more important than uh, something abstract such as climate ad- climate change adaptation. Uh, if you if you uh, tell tell someone I, I I want you to adapt to climate change, that that sounds uh, that doesn't uh, ring a bell. But but if if you talk about resilient structures. Uh, then, then that's different. So, so you you really need to work within the context of um, uh, what what are really the drivers uh, for for a water utility, um, and 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 to work within the context of the drivers. Now, let's just pretend we're in the general public, we're your average person. We do care about our wastewater treatment, and we want to do what we can to help. What is one thing that you would say is the best thing? That your average person could do to kind of help alleviate sort of the issues or pressures of wastewater treatment, if there is anything that your average person can do. Um, uh, you know, in the, in the what I would say in the in, in the near future, um, the 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 amount of micropollutants that that are coming into the wastewater are 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 going to be, become more and more important. Um, uh, you know, I, I mentioned uh, the three macro pollutants. You know, wastewater are carbon, nitrogen, and phosphorus. But but there are uh, ma- micro pollutants. Uh, and so, how 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 do you actually uh, manage what you put down the drain? Um, is 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 will will become much more important. Uh, so uh, so. How, how do you dispose of your medicines? How do you manage, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, during Thanksgiving? How do you manage your grease, for for that matter? Because grease can block the drains, right? Uh, how how do you do those kind of things uh, at the micro level becomes important. Uh, the other thing that uh, I would say is 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 a trend uh, is is what what we would call distributed uh, distributed treatment, and and what what we mean by distributed treatment, and 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 this it, it may not apply directly in in, a, in 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 maybe DC, 
a region or or, or a certain particular region in in, in 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 the country, the United States. But um, but distributed treatment is is a blend of what I would call is centralized and decentralized treatment. Uh, centralized treatment is where everything is sent to um, a central wastewater plant. A decentralized treatment is like a septic tank. A distributed treatment is uh, where it, it still has some centralized governance and management, but, but the treatment is very distributed. And, uh, and, and so uh, that, that, that is going to be, become much more common. And, uh, and so how do you actually manage this distributed treatment for communities where the treated uh, water can then be recycled uh, for um, gardening or you know, other purposes? Uh, rather than uh, sent sent to a centralized uh, facility, so so those are things that are going to um, uh, become more prominent. Uh, it's it's uh, very similar to uh, microgrids uh, that are going to become more important in uh, power generation. You know, the cell phones versus the landlines already took place in the telecommunication utility sector. So uh, so uh, I think the role of the future consumer is is going to be bigger than 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 in the past uh, and 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 i think that's a good thing because sometimes we just uh, flush things down the drain and say you know we we don't know what's going to happen and we don't care what's going to happen um, because some somebody's going to deal with it while while if it's if it's more of this what we call a distributed approach then then it impacts you almost immediately because uh, you know, in the in the sense of a distributed treatment system, you know if your system is not working, uh, and so then then you you can make some changes. So, so uh, how do we manage those distributed systems in the future? Uh, I, I I believe uh, this is where smart systems and AI are going to be hugely important uh, because uh, uh, I, I you know. Uh, I think of it this way: uh, a distributed system is going to be sensorized, and someone knows that whether that system is working or not. And uh, rather than you know, people are just blind to a distributed or decentralized system like a failed septic tank that is not working. And so, so if if we are aware that something is working or not working using a smart system, that's what's going to drive distributed systems. And then, and those distributed systems are then going to drive the average consumer to become more aware of of, of what they're doing. Okay, nice. I like the sound of all that. I think, kind of, as a collect as a collective community, we should be able to band together and make some good positive changes for the uh, the environment and just for ourselves, really, as well. Now, I did want to touch on a topic I've seen a lot of people sharing on social media sites recently. You know, talking about kind of the micro pollutant side in terms of more like facial wash beads or glitter or, or little pieces of plastic that are going down. And I'm just curious to know, are those a problem for you guys in terms of, of treatment? Is that causing issues uh, uh, as everyone's kind of been sharing? So uh, um, from a treatment perspective, there's so little known. Uh, there, there are quite a few papers that have just started coming. Uh, uh, have just started being published uh, on, 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 say, for example, microplastics. In, in general, uh, most wastewater plants are not designed to remove nano and micro, na- nano materials. Uh, they're, they're, they're certainly designed uh, perhaps to remove micro, uh, micro micron-sized materials, um, but but certainly uh, nano-sized materials are are much much more difficult to to remove, and uh, and so uh, how how and what do we do associated with the future increase in uh, uh, nano-sized materials um, is is something that uh, we need to figure out and uh, we need to create new treatment processes. Um, it's you know my my, my philosophy is it's. It, is, is not about banning things, but uh, but but really to uh, to understand uh, new treatment approaches uh, uh, that 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 actually addresses uh, changes in how society consumes and and does things and um, 
and so so we need to figure it out and we need to do these developments uh, of, of technology in in a way that they are um, um, uh, sustainable and uh, and and so so how do we drive development of new new sustainable technologies um, uh, and uh, that 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 removes such such kinds of materials, and 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 can we actually do it within our existing infrastructure by making small changes, uh, or or do we need new infrastructure? Those are things that we need to figure out. Now, how exactly do you guys filter out the the nanoparticles at this moment in time? Is this something that is filtered out by just a, a, a nano filter? Something that is, or is this? Like you're saying, this is one of the more difficult things to treat. What exactly is the way that we typically would remove these nanopollutants from the water? So, so, um, so a, a, a small particle is, a, for example, a colloid is a small particle, and uh, and a colloid could be anywhere um, uh, from you know a molecular weight of ten to thirty thousand daltons to um, a micron size of uh, say 1.5 micron or two micron, so anything between that range of say two microns to a molecular weight of uh, uh, you know 20, 20 to thirty thousand daltons, um, or maybe even as low as ten. Uh, and so uh, uh, the the these, these these small molecular weight material are certainly what I would call perhaps in the uh, nano size. And and so, how do we manage those small material? And 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 uh, if you, if you look at uh, our treatment processes, there are basically two approaches we've used in treatment to remove um, uh, colloids. Uh, one one is a concept called coagulation that's uh, been used for for a long long time, where we use chemicals such as iron, uh, iron and aluminum, alum, for example. Or polyaluminum chloride uh, to to create what we call a sweep or, or charge neutralization of these uh, these materials. So so if these nanomaterials are charged, you can actually neutralize the charge and then destabilize them, because the stability of that material is based on charge. And if you destabilize them, then you can remove them, uh, or or you can uh, you can sweep them uh, into into the into 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 the uh, coagulating uh, mass. And, uh, and and remove them. The other approach is actually to use filters, uh, and and more and, and most drinking water plants. In fact, nearly all drinking water plants have filters, um, uh, usually sand filters or anthracite sand combination. Some some do actually even have gran granular activated carbon in the filters. So so there are different filters and and different media associated with the filters that can remove different sizes of particles. And and, uh, and and as well as different um, uh, at, 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 with, with different efficiencies and uh, and so so the filters can also uh, remove remove these uh, material uh, the, the 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 coagulation uh, process can remove some of these materials but but how efficiently they remove it and how can you actually improve that efficiency it really needs to be uh, further studied and researched and can we actually develop New technologies, uh, uh, just um, perhaps technologies to, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, remove these uh, materials using classification. Um, that that that's 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 yet to be seen. So uh, what I mean by that is, can I just use a membrane, uh, for example, to to remove it? Uh, in a very large plant, uh, treating a lot of water. It's hard to actually put a huge number of membranes because uh, for membranes uh, you don't get you, you can't scale it easily. You need you just need a lot of right. And so uh, so we we really need scalable technologies uh, that that can scale easily. Uh, and Pardon this fifteen second interruption. As we know, humans are tainting the water, and the technology we use to produce geowonks. Rock Talk podcast has had a moment of interruption. Now back to the show. All right, I think we were talking about how you were talking about how it needed to be a scalable technology, and for us to yeah. So I think I think yeah, I think I was there uh, close to the end. So uh, you know uh, how 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 you can get economies of scale. 
in 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 building technologies to uh, remove remove nanomaterials and uh, and 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 how you how can, how you can do it uh, at a, you know in a, in a large facility a large centralized facility. Now let me ask a question. I am curious here. Actually, I'm curious if you've had any experience in the 3D printing industry and if that could be something that would be useful in terms of maybe being able to print a nano-sized filter. I know right now I'm actually a partner in a 3D printing firm and we are printing at about 2.5 microns right now. So I'm just curious if that's something that might be plausible in the future where we have a literally just a nano-sized filter filtering out particulates that are even smaller than one micron. Yeah. So, 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 in, from from a distributed uh, treatment perspective, that certainly could could occur, right? Um, you know, uh, uh, sometimes what you see, uh, say for example, in laundry, they may use um, uh, you know nano silver in in a laundry uh, in 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 clothes, or you could use a, a certain a nano size uh, 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 deodorant that ends up on clothes uh, that that then is laundered. Then, uh, then, uh, then it has this this large pollutant loads of carbon, nitrogen, and phosphorus. But you also have this nanomaterials. If 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 I'm focusing on removing nanomaterials, uh, how how do I actually not remove the carbon, nitrogen, and phosphorus, and just remove the nanomaterials? So 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 uh, sometimes you know uh, we have to just figure out uh, what. What, what treatment step takes precedence over other treatment steps? Do do I can I remove the nanomaterials before I remove other macromaterials? Can or do I have to remove the macromaterials first before the nanomaterials? You know, uh, those are things that need to figure, be figured out. Usually, in a wastewater plant, um, uh, uh, most of the filtration steps, the actual filtration steps, occur right at the end of, of the treatment plant. Um, because uh, because you've removed a large of the large amount of pollutant load that could clog the filter, and uh, and so so if you've removed the load that clogs the filter, then the filter run times uh, are, are are much longer, and so uh, um, so so those are things that need to be considered. All right, I like the sound of that. It's good news. Sudhir, I wanted to talk to you. I know you're involved with the International Water Association. I just wanted to know if you could spread some light here on exactly what that is and what they kind of do and what is your role there. Okay. So, 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 so International Water Association is a member, member association uh, that consists of um, professionals. Um, uh, uh, they are academics. There are... Um, uh, people from uh, the the practice uh, from in practice it could be utilities it could be consultants regulators policymakers uh, manufacturers uh, that that uh, that are part of the association and 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 usually uh, those that participate in the IWA uh, International Water Association uh, have some uh, international hook. Uh, to their interests. So, 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 for example, if if you are a researcher, uh, and 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 as a researcher, typically, research is done globally, right? Whether it's in uh, Europe or whether it's in China, there's there's a global interest in research, and so, so usually, uh, researchers tend to uh, participate in in international forums, and so International Water Association. Serves, serves research, for example. It also serves um, practice. In some cases, if you're a utility in um, in Portugal, and 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 the utility in Portugal is in Lisbon, and uh, the next utility is in um, uh, you know Spain, say for example, the neighboring country, and there's uh, the utility is Madrid, for example. You know, large cities. Um, uh, you know. Uh, a CEO from Lisbon might have something common from a CEO in Madrid, which who may have something of common interest with the CEO in um, in Washington D.C. And so, so, so we 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 drive a global agenda uh, to help uh, uh, help solve problems associated with uh, uh, those that are in the academic or practice fields. Uh, 
and 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 it's usually water professionals. Wow, that sounds like a really great organization, and it has kind of a, a great goal. Is there anybody allowed to join this, or is there any requirements to joining this? There's no requirements. Uh, it's it's just a membership association. Uh, there is there is uh, an annual membership fee, and uh, and and uh, the way the association is structured, you can uh, you can join as an individual, or you can join as a company. So so if you have a company, uh, the, the 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 company can join the association, and uh, and then uh, depending on the size of the company, you you get a certain number of. Uh, members within that company uh, as, as a subscription. Okay, very cool. And exactly what can you end up doing in this? Uh, what would your average person be able to kind of put their hands on and help with? Would it get them access to any conferences as well? Yeah, so 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 there's a lot of eventing. Uh, so so within IWA, um, uh, I believe uh, there is um, m- between 50 to 70 events occurring somewhere in the world in one year. And so that, to give you a sense, if there are 52 weeks in a year, there is more than one event uh, occurring every week somewhere in the world that is that is branded as an IWA event. And that's, that's uh, what, what, what we do in terms of events. And, and they are small and large events. Are, are, small events are... Uh, maybe you know, hundred people uh, attending it. Uh, uh, our large events could be as high as ten thousand people attending it. So our recent large event was the World Water Congress in Tokyo with with about ten thousand people. Our small events are, um, you know, uh, they occur every week, really, somewhere in the world. Um, and uh, and and and, uh, and basically, uh, uh, if you think of uh, the water water field, uh, you can you can. Uh, divide it geographically so so you know you can say uh asia or europe or north america you know so there are their geographical uh, uh you know uh, boundaries associated with your your where where you are from and uh and so so uh the events that uh, iwa have could be a geographic event so uh, uh for example there's an event that is part of the Asia Pacific uh, region of the world called Aspire, uh, and so that's an IWA event that is, uh, you know, for that region. You could have an event that is um, based on a certain uh, specialty of yours. So, if if your specialty is, say, for example, water reuse, you could be attending just an event based on water reuse, and and you could get professional from all over the world focused on water reuse. It could be on desalination, or for that matter. Uh, or, or it could be on uh, wastewater treatment, nutrient removal for, for that uh, matter. And then, uh, so, 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 so there are events based on specialty, and there's the events based on uh, on geography. And then uh, you could also have events based on what you know, um, if what what stage of your career you're in. Uh, you could be a young water professional, and so we have events just for young water professionals, and uh, because. Uh, uh, sometimes, uh, if you're in, in in an early stage of a career, you want to meet other people of uh, within within that same phase of that career, and so 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 we have events there, um, and then uh, we have events also uh, for a certain profession. So so if if we want utility leaders, uh, if if utility leaders say CEOs or water utilities want to meet uh, and and discuss certain governance topics. Associated with managing utilities, uh, we have events for uh, water utility leaders and and such. Uh, uh, you could have a manufacturers forum. You could have a regulators forum. Uh, so these are usually forums for uh, for uh, I, I, I guess that that could be the word um, where where uh, different professions can meet. So uh, so so it, it's certainly a place to meet an event. Um, then we also have publications. Uh, in fact. Uh, what IWA is really known for, and and um, uh, compared to say other professional associations, is scholarship. Uh, we we are we are uh, we as as an organization are valued for our scholarship, and so um, so we have some really uh, high quality publications, uh, both uh, books 
as well as uh, journals that, that come out of our, 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 our association. Uh, much and more and more these uh, uh, publications um, are, are becoming, um, you know, uh, they're, they're on the web and, 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 and easier, to, easier to access, such as the open access journals uh, that are out there. Um, the other thing that we are trying to do, uh, and I've been uh, working on it, is to develop a new innovation platform. Uh, and 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 I, I use the word innovation, but uh, but uh, what I've been trying to drive there is actually to create an innovators platform. Um, so to, to to emphasize the people rather than the process, and uh, and and to 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 really work through and bring bring a collection of people that uh, 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 that that are bridges between communities uh, and can drive drive innovation. No, it sounds like a, a great organization. Uh, I will be posting a link below for any of you guys who want to go and check out the International Water Association, the IWA. You click the link and it'll take you over there and you thank guys you. can go and join. All right. Sue here, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on to the show. This was great. Uh, very informational. I, re I really learned a lot about the whole process and it makes me excited to see the future of where wastewater treatment is going and kind of really the with the innovation of AI that we can hopefully make a, a great impact and get everybody treated water wherever they need it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for uh, having me on. Uh, and uh, um, if, if, uh, if, if you uh, would like me to respond to other questions uh, in the near future, um, maybe we could even create some kind of a LinkedIn. Uh, is that what you do? Uh, respond to questions uh, through LinkedIn? Uh, yeah, I do through LinkedIn. I actually am going to have a forum set up on here. I haven't set it up yet. I think it'll go live, um, hopefully before the water talks that I'm going to post. And okay. um, the whole goal is to kind of make something like you're talking about, where it's like an innovator platform, where I'm going to just allow people to share knowledge and stuff. And that could be a great place where, you know, I could have a, okay, Q&A with you and post it up there. And that could be a forum talk, at, a forum talk based on your podcast. And, you know, you'd be able to answer questions there. Um, and we could definitely do something off of LinkedIn. You know, if I, I'll post this up on LinkedIn for sure. So anybody who has questions there, you'll be posted on and you'll get the message and the link to everything. And, you know, you can go there and respond to those people. But hopefully I can get that forum put up on here and set up. Um, and then we can set up a little spot on there for Q&A and you'll have access to that. So anybody comes, you can go in, and comment with them and have like an after chat and um, I don't know. Do you have? Do you ever use social media or anything like that? If you want to, you know, we'll get you a shout out for that, whatever, so people can follow you or discuss further with you via uh, any of that. I don't know if you use any of that stuff, though. Really, not too much. Uh, I, I do get on LinkedIn, uh, perhaps uh, more often than uh, any of the other social media. Uh, I'm, I'm not a much of a Twitter guy. Um, nah, me but, neither. So we could just keep it through LinkedIn and then on, on the forum through this website that I got going on. And I yep. think that would be best anyway. So, but yeah, yeah, no, that would be a great idea and I'll see what I can do. I'll keep you informed early next week, what I want to try and do with that. I'll try and work that in. And I think that'd be great. Cause that's part of one of the things I'm hoping to get to it is have people that are connected to the site that are available for questions and answering just sort of like that, you know, maybe even if it's only through forum, but I think it'd be a great way to start getting knowledge really just spread around and start making like a, a great collaborative kind of team that can sort of just build and we can grow it up and, have great stuff happen all over the all over the planet really rock talk the podcast is produced by geowonks go to geowonks.com and join the community